I'm not going to snap at the kids anymore. And then 30 seconds later, just give me a minute's peace, word, would ya? Welcome aboard Sprout One. I'm your host, Dave Algio, Chief Sprout Sweater. Now set your seat to recline as we reflect on how our mind can make mugs of us all if we don't recognise how to shift those well-meaning but anxiety-creating thought patterns towards more forgiving and flexible thinking approaches. It's episode 14, Stressing About Stress, How to Take the Angst Out of Wellbeing. As we lift off the pad and before we get into the episode, don't forget... If you find that the demands of life and the meaning of it all is leading you to sleepless nights, tossing and turning, deep and not so deep questions rattling around your head, then hop on over to SproutSweater.com to gain access to my free Operation Snooze Sleep Improvement Audio Program. Start getting your head back and your shit together so that you can start getting life back on your terms. SproutSweater.com Last week, I provided you with my three Zs to better sleep and encouraged you to identify some small changes you could make in your sleep zone, your pre-Z time routine, and the rituals and and some of the tips that can help you become a sleep Zen master. I hope you found that useful. And don't forget, you can visit SproutSweater.com to sign up and receive the access to my Operation Snooze sleep improvement program and all the audios that support it. But today... Inspired by my work with clients on improving sleep in particular, I want to deal with the issue of stressing about stress or losing sleep over not getting enough sleep and all the other ways that we can find that when embarking on a health or well-being improvement program, we can kind of add more stress and more pressure to ourselves than we actually reduce by embarking on these well-being programs. What do I mean? Well, have you ever found yourself when embarking on, I don't know, say, a weight loss program that you become hyper vigilant to what and how much you're eating? Or have you, as you seek to improve your sleep, found yourself becoming really anxious about how much or how little sleep you're getting and how poor quality or good quality it is? Perhaps you've got one of those smart watches that tell you exactly how little sleep you got as well. Or are you striving to get more downtime and relaxation into your life only to become anxious just about how anxious you are at any given time. And yeah, I could go on with exercise, being patient with the kids. And that's a picky, I'm, I'm not going to snap at the kids anymore. And then 30 seconds later, just give me a minute's peace, word, would you? So, okay, but look, look, if you've been there, I get you. I'm a work in progress. This affects me and has affected me quite significantly in the past, actually. But I don't know about you. I think actually... As someone who's particularly driven to achieving things, I can really amp up the level of, I guess, guess, well, it's the arousal, isn't it? Um, The focus. And that needle can go into the red. And if you're particularly goal-focused and also prone to being really self-critical and hyper-self-aware of, you know, of whatever, you can find yourself that by setting the goal, you add in an additional layer of monitoring, psychological monitoring, something that seems to go off in your head that says, okay, Dave, you obviously replace your name. I've got this. I'll keep an eye on this and I'll let you know whenever, whenever you go off track in sleep, weight, focus, temper, whatever. And that's the trouble, isn't it? It's like, I guess it's a bit like my smoke alarm uh, in the house here. It's just positioned outside the kitchen, but 
Okay, it's it's flipping tuned to pick up a whiff of somebody walking past the house, twenty meters away, smoking, um, even when the doors and windows are shut, and it drives me nuts. I can't cook a thing without it going off, and it, it's annoying. In other words, it's overly sensitive. It's too, it's filter. It's it's tuned to the slightest slightest indication there may be a fire, and. Could that be like you? Could that be like us? It certainly is for me. And I guess there's, there's, the, the reasons for that could be many. You know, there are complex. But I get, from my experience of working with clients, I think there, there's, a, there's a few common themes that come out. One is um, we have an acute awareness of the goal. And you might say, well, that's a good thing. But tied in with that, the goal and how much it matters. And more importantly, how far we are from the goal. And how pressed for time, perhaps, whether by a genuine deadline or a deadline we put on it, um, how pressed for time we are in getting to the goal. There's no time to waste. That can really add that pressure in. Or is it two or a combination of one and two? There's a tendency to over monitor oneself generally in anything. Um, and that leads us to, you know, we tend to be very self-aware of everything we do, say, not do, etc. How we feel physically and emotionally. Um, and that can lead us to being more acutely focused on monitoring ourselves when we're working on a goal. And I guess if we add in number three, which is an awareness or a knowledge of the subject. Now, I am not somebody when I approach a goal that can trust other people and say, no, just follow this plan, you'll be fine, you'll get there. I am somebody who needs to know my stuff. I need to research, I need to understand. I need to understand why that's important to do it that way in that order. I need to do the research. I'm, I'm very questioning and I guess cynical. And rightly so, let's be right, in a lot of the fields of self-improvement, physical and psychological, there is a lot of rubbish out there. There's a lot of well-intentioned rubbish. But it's my nature to question. So what, I don't know if this is potentially you as well, but as somebody who has that need for awareness and knowledge, I will dive into a subject. Great. However, what that can also ramp up is an understanding of the consequences of failure. So for example, sleep. There is a lot about sleep and there has been a lot in the press over the last year to two years and particularly over the last year with lockdown and restriction and the disruption to sleep and a focus on the consequences of not getting enough sleep or good enough quality sleep and that in itself can then add its own level of anxiety because we start to not only monitor how well we're sleeping we have an acute awareness that i need to improve my this sleep and i want to and i want to improve it tomorrow along with this and if i don't i'm gonna die and you know let, let's be right that kind of focus can be really generating the anxiety. Now, in my experience, having researched more widely around sleep in particular, what I have found is that, yes, we can all benefit from improving our sleep. Most of us generally can benefit from improving and getting better quality sleep at times. Sometimes sleep can be great, sometimes not so good, and we can go for periods where it's not great. And yes, there is an impact on our day-to-day -day lives uh, and lifestyles and, and what have you. However, within the field of sleep research, there is still debate, hot debate on the genuine links between poor sleep or short sleep, lack, you know, being a five hour sleeper versus an eight hour sleeper as to the, the, the real consequences. So 
Now, I'm not going to enter into that debate here, but whilst there is debate, one of the things I have seen anecdotally from my time as a police officer working shifts and getting, you know, disrupted and uneven patterns is that it isn't just the sleep. It's the lifestyle around it. I don't know about you, but if you're a shift worker, I know that uh, come one o'clock on a Friday night in custody, um, there was a temptation to get a kebab or a pizza um, because, well, you work a night shift and it's busy and why not grab that on the go? It's a bit of a treat, isn't it? And why not? And the lifestyle can generate into habits. So I would often look at sleep and think, it's not just the sleep, is it? So an awareness of these consequences can crank up the anxiety, but often it's not that simple. And when we're adding the pressure, we can actually lead to disrupting things like our sleep causing problems with our eating you know we make one mistake in eating if we're trying to follow some sort of healthy plan and we have a relapse as opposed to a lapse and there is a difference between that a lapse is where we make a mistake and we get back on it a relapse is where we kind of lapse and then it develops into returning to those previous not so great habits for a period of time both are very permissible and human that's what we do it can happen but the quicker we can get back and recover from those things the better so if we can take off the stress that we add on through those three things and other combinations of things that we tend to add we can give ourselves a real good chance at continuing more on whatever plan towards a goal than off so here's my tactics because if you tend to do that what we need to do is think about how can i take the pressure off and in terms of it, these tactics relate to some of those reasons that I've mentioned before, but can be applied generally as well. So the first one is sweat the sprout, not the cabbage. So I've said this before in previous interviews, and in the context of this, it goes back to that reason one, that when we're so goal fixated and we're constantly checking in on the goal and how far away we are from it, we may well be adding that angst of, I'm too far away, I'll never get there, it's slow progress, I'm not quick enough, I'm not fast enough, and end up giving up. That is the focusing on the cabbage, the goal, the outcome, rather than the sprout. And what are the sprouts? The sprouts are the processes, the habits, the rituals, the routine, the meals that we change from process to more healthy the exercise that we do on a day-to-day -day basis that walk that pre-bedtime or pre-z time routine as i call it if we focus our attention on just sweating the sprouts and taking our eye off the cabbage checking in on it how am how is my progress but less frequently than perhaps you might be tempted to do then we can trust the sprout trust in the sprout sweat the sprouts daily and as simon ward said in the interview in episode eight if you do the practices and the basics and get them right and just stick with those you will get to where you need to go so sweat the sprout the routines and the habits not the cabbage and that's where trusting that process comes in and to take it the next step is to realize that when we're reading research if you're somebody who likes to read research and to look at well this is this is what the research tells us works for most people we have to understand that there are a lot of factors around research firstly the quality of the research has it been a good thorough broad wide population sample for the research is it addressing the question that you need in terms of it and is the sample population the right one a classic one in in terms of um performance sports performance particularly around sports supplements is that um, researchers who are paid by often by not always but often by companies who are a product to sell which is something to bear in mind they are often focusing on elite athletes and performance at elite and extreme levels 
and not necessarily at the same level as you or I. So recognize that research, whilst can be valid and robust and, and what have you in its own sense, it may not necessarily apply to you. And all research has the bell curve. You know, it, it has what will work, what tactics or approaches or routines or rituals or whatever work for the majority of people in this. But you are not necessarily the majority. You're an individual. Yes, chances are you may fall into the bell curve for quite a lot of different things, but you may be an outlier on some of the other things. And there are always people who respond to placebo. There are always people who will respond to something or not respond to something else that the, that the majority do. So here's where I want you to think about yourself as an experimenter. You are your own experimenter and you are your own sample population, N equals one, and treat it as a research process. And if you treat it as an experiment, Treat this whole process, whatever habit you're forming, whether it's improving your sleep, um, improving your eating, getting more mobile and, and, and uh, you know, active and exercising, or looking for a promotion at work or changing a career or developing a business. Treat it as an experiment, something that you need not be perfect at. And actually, you'll indeed benefit from perhaps making the odd mistake along the way because mistakes you can learn a lot from. Something which is flexible and subject to change and one in which you adopt a sense of curiosity because your, your subject, your sample, i.e. you, n equals one, you are the person that you are experimenting with and upon, safely and ethically, but you are also adopting a curious approach. How did that work? What went wrong there? Or what could I do differently? Could I improve? That worked great. How could I uh, improve on that? And that curiosity can do two things. One, it can help you engage a level of motivation that perhaps you didn't previously have for the goal or the task. And it can also help you detach a little bit from being so personal because it is personal. It is you. It is your goal and your thing that you want to achieve. But at times by detaching and saying, right, how did the experiment work and what can I learn from it? That can be really, really useful. And if you make a mistake or a lapse, as I said, or a relapse, again, a mo you know, a momentary omission of failure is fine. We can get back on it. We can treat it as that experiment. If it's a relapse, we just need to return to it as soon as we can and return to it with a forgiving and accepting mindset. And one of the things we can do is be very, very tough and hard on ourselves. So acceptance is, a, is an important part of it. Permission to be human. You'll make mistakes. Your motivation will be low. You will slip and slide along this messy journey towards whatever goal it is. The quicker you kind of forgive yourself, accept and move on, the better. <laughs> So as our craft, the Sprout One, begins the landing process, allowing you to return to your fellow humans, have a think about how you can best take off the pressure of working towards a goal, any goal, but especially the well-being related goals. They're meant to be good for you, not add more stress to your life. Put your faith in the Sprout. Sweat those small daily habits and routines, experimenting and tweaking as you go, and trust that you will be making your way towards the cabbage, the goal. Take care for now. I hope you've enjoyed your flight aboard Sprout One. For show notes and information on how to get the podcast feed direct to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other favorite podcast feed, visit SproutSweater.com. And touchdown.